John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Praise God. When does the truth make us free? When we know the truth. Again, not just from an academic perspective where I have memorized certain truths. It's possible for a person to know who Jesus is and what he's done and not be saved. It's possible for a person to know the provision of healing and be sick as a dog. (laughs) Or a horse, if you're really sick. Horse is big. (laughs) and it's possible for the Lord to have done many things for us and for us to even have some type of understanding of that but when it's not um, uh, a revelation to us when it's not real in our hearts then it won't produce freedom so if again I am in bondage in any area of my life it demonstrates that there is a lack of truth okay in other words I'm believing a lie somewhere I'm believing something that's not true. Have you ever done that? I mean, I have. I've believed things before that weren't true. And what does that produce? Well, I'm at least to some degree bound in that area because of it. But when I get the truth, Jesus himself said that I would be free. And I don't know about you, I like freedom. (laughs) I've been bound and I've been free and free is better. And so truth is what we should all desire and want in our lives. It will make a major, major difference. Now, what we've been uh, giving you over the last few weeks, keys to understanding. Keys to seeing. Not with a physical eye, but with uh, the, the, the ability to be, uh, to be able to perceive with the mind. I forgot to uh, quote to you Ephesians 1. That's our other foundation again. Ephesians 1:16, Paul said, "I do not give thanks. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers." In verse 18, he said, "The eyes of your understanding being enlightened." And so just as he did not cease and he regularly prayed that their eyes would be open, this is very, very key for us today as well. We ought to be praying this prayer. If he didn't cease to pray it, in other words, he prayed that prayer over and over again. Continually for that group of people, we ought to pray that same prayer over and over again for each other, for ourselves, you for me, me for you. And what will, what will be the result? When a person's eyes are open, they can perceive spiritual realities and truths. And when they do, they're free. I mean, this is so important, so key. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we skip over this stuff. What should I pray about today? I can't think of anything to pray. Pray this. When you're done, pray it again. <laughs> Uh, there's just no end to it because of the fact that we're not all knowing we don't see everything and know everything we can always have more revealed and God being infinite being omniscient and being eternal there's no end to him there is there's always something new there's always something more there's always something uh, that we can be impressed with (laughs) Praise God. So, keys to understanding. We said to you already now, number one was the new birth. You can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. Two, we said we must have a love of the truth. 
We must love the truth. Number three, we said we must have a willing heart, a willing heart in order to understand. Number four, we said that we must have faith. Remember Hebrews chapter 11 says, by faith we understand. By faith, understanding comes by faith, not just by study, not just by human effort. It must be revealed by the Lord, and we believe under that. Number five, we said that humility is key. Humility is an essential element to receiving truth and seeing what is a reality. And then number six, everybody ready for number six? All right, number six is an understanding heart. If my eyes are going to be open to see or understand, I must have an understanding heart. Now that I know, I know that initially doesn't sound real complicated. Um, we would almost think, so you're saying, in order for me to understand, I have to understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what this is is when a person has a heart to understand that is the foundation that allows them to walk in more and more and more light but if they don't have that foundation of an understanding heart but rather some other situations are in place then when truth comes to them it will not be established it will most likely bounce off you like if you were to take a squirt gun and squirt it squirt some water at a nice soft sponge <laughs> a lot of the water would go right into the sponge but if you were to squirt it at a cement wall it would simply bounce back it would not penetrate at all and get on the inside so likewise is the condition of our hearts when the right conditions are there God speaks and it goes right in we read the word and it goes right in. Whereas others hear the exact same word and same message and it bounces off of them. Are you listening? Okay. This is why it's important. And I want to tell you that it is not possible for a person to walk in God's provision and blessing continually unless this, what I'm teaching you, is in place. Listen, many, many people uh, have come. It's not uncommon for us to see healings and miracles around here. If you've been around here, you know that. We hear testimonies uh, just, re just regularly, people getting healed of sicknesses and diseases, have tumors disappear, all kinds of nice stuff, okay? And uh, lot, lot, lots of good things happening. Backs getting coming together, getting strong, amen? And a uh, uh, lot, lot of things happening. But you know, for example, when we do uh, healing meetings like we're going to have tonight, uh, we have a lot of regular folks, but regularly in these meetings, we have people come that don't come to our church. Some may go to other churches, some may not, but they come and healings take place just right and left. I mean, just real good things happen. But here, here's my point now. You can have something happen to you through the faith and through the exercise of the anointing from another person. But it's not possible to live continually in a place of victory and a place where God's provisions are in operation in your life without seeing it. If I just think I'm coming to get something from God like an answered prayer, I have really missed it. 
I don't know about you, but I like miracles and stuff for, for myself. But even better than that, I'd rather have it continue. I'd rather it be ongoing and long term. Let me ask you this question. I did this in the earlier service as well. How many of you could say about your own self that since you've been coming here and hearing the words, the message of life and and all that the Lord has for us, uh, could say concerning physical healing that you either deal with sickness and disease way less or when these things come at you that the amount of time that you're under it has shrunk to a very very much less proportion to what it used to be. How, how many could say that that's, that's true in your own life? Yeah. And, and the reason for that, what is it? Because I preach so well? No. Because, I, man, I got the power. And I can just, no. It's because of seeing. It's because you see certain principles and truths when they become operational. You're, you know, you repel problems. The condition of your heart repels sickness and disease. And even when it comes on you, I remember years ago, you know, if a cold would come on me, it would last a week or, or you know, or longer sometimes. But I, I found that when I got a hold of these truths and I began to see it, that it wasn't very long at all. And all of a sudden, whenever I would get attacked with that, I was able to knock it out in two days. What do you mean you were able to knock it out? Well, it's the Lord's power, but He had made that provision for me before I ever knew about it. I mean, I got to a place, just real quick, where within a couple days, I could have everything gone. That was a big improvement. Zero's the best, but, you know, two's better than seven. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and so these are, this is why some of these things are essential in our lives. When we get it, when we see it, we can have it long term, and no one can take it away. When you see the ability, you know, I've said this to you before, but I believe concerning prosperity that certain people could have everything stripped from them today, and it wouldn't be but a matter of a time until they got everything back. As opposed to, you know, we were watching uh, a show uh, not too long ago, on a news show or something on TV, and it was dealing with lottery winners. And they had followed the steps of many people who had won 20, 30, 100 million, you know, dollars. And without exception, I'm sure there may be exceptions, but in this show there was not. <laughs> without exception in all the cases, I mean, their lives were disasters. And within a not very long of period of time, they lost everything that they had. And I think, what's the difference? I tell you one thing I know, it is the heart. Okay, some people attract good things and blessing and prosperity and, and all this stuff to them. Others repel it. And I don't know about you, but I'm interested in knowing. And I do know some things, and it's working in us. But I'm interested in knowing and seeing what condition my heart must be in so that the appropriate things take place. And again, I believe in laying on hands, praying, miracles, and instant things happening. But bigger than that more long-term and important to that is that I see it. And if I see it, I know it can, be, it can come to pass and stay there. And no one can take it away. Say, man, I've been ripped off. I, people did me wrong. People at work, they stole from me, took advantage of me. When you know the truth, no one can take it from you. And if someone rips you off, there are thieves in this world. Come on now. There are people that are dishonest and they want to run you over to get the, to where they want to be. 
But when you know the truth, you still stay free. Come on now, and no person can ultimately stand in your way. The devil himself may hinder or delay, but he can't make it stay. We're going to prosper anyway. Amen. Now look at, where did I tell you to go? Mark chapter 4. An understanding heart. So in other words, we must understand to understand. Or we have the foundation of an understanding, and this produces greater light. And this principle is, was used more than once by the Lord Jesus. And here uh, in Mark chapter 4, he said this in verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, obviously not talking about physical ears. He, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. Another uh, a gospel account used the word how in that position. Take heed how you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. It almost, some of this almost doesn't sound real fair when the Lord teaches this. It's like, well, really, Lord? Someone doesn't have anything? You're going to take what they got? The ver- next verse, he said, For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Whether you like this or not, this is true. This is the way things work. When you have, you get more. When you don't have, you lose. And this context of this is he who has ears to hear. In other words, a person who has an ear to hear, they're going to get more and more and more. But if your ears are stopped up and closed, you're going to lose what you have. That's why I can say this principle is so vitally important for every area of our lives. If I can establish the foundation of an understanding heart, it's going to attract like a magnet everything that's good from God. Revelation and light is going to come to me and I'm going to see more and more and more. And the more I see, the more I have. And the more I have, the more I get. What a good cycle, just a snowball effect. We're just going up and up and up. But if I refuse this and if I come to a place where I'm not having an ear to hear or an eye eye to see, man, things will be happening all around me. People will be celebrating, walking in victory, and I won't understand. I'll be dumb as a doornail. And 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 I'm telling you that on purpose, not just to be shocking or rude. Dumb. In other words, you can replace that if you, know, if you want to write something else. Stupid. That's another word that really fits in. And I'm going to show you why that's true here in just a moment. But I want you to look at Acts chapter 28 with me. And, uh, ooh, i got a lot to say. Acts chapter 28. There was some disagreement here in Paul's ministry. Some were believing. Some were not believing, just like today. And uh, verse 25, it said, So when they did not agree among themselves... They departed after Paul had, had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our father saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. 
I find this interesting. People have dull hearts, closed ears, closed eyes. They don't understand, and therefore, they don't get healed. Wow. Well, can't the Lord just do it? Certainly, He's almighty and all-powerful. The, listen, the main way the Lord works is that I must see it first. If I see it, I can receive it. If I don't see it, I can't. And so many people stay, in the, with this example, if they're not healed, they are sick or diseased or injured. They stay in that condition, not because God doesn't want it, want it to happen in them, simply because they have a dull heart. A dull heart can keep God's provision from you. And I don't know why. I just don't know why things aren't working for me. I just don't know why I prayed and, and nothing happens. And I hear the testimony. Somebody else got it, and here I am, still with it. Can I tell you? Everybody okay? Dull heart. You're just dull. <laughs> On the inside. I'm not saying you don't have any personality. But there is a condition in you. That's keeping that from you. They must see and hear and understand and turn. And God's healing provision flows to them freely at that point. Wow. So this is something I can deal with. Man, I'm not among those. God, why aren't you doing this? If God's not doing it, I'm stuck. And so are you because you're not going to change his mind. But if he's already done something, he's made things available, and it's my heart that I must get adjusted, and then I become like a sponge to his blessing. Ooh, I like it. I'm looking. Are you looking? You seek and you'll find. You'll find answers. You'll find out how to create a heart in you that will make all the difference. Now, now look at Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. In this particular chapter... We don't want to read through everything that happened for time's sake, but many of you know about the feeding of the 5,000. The Lord provided food for 5,000, multiplying a couple fish and some loaves of bread, and, uh, and just a tremendous miracle. The disciples were involved in the sense that he had them sit in groups of 50 and pass out the food, and it multiplied right before their eyes. It was an amazing, outstanding miracle. None could deny it. Happened right in front of them. There were no natural explanations. You know, I heard someone say one time that, well, you know, in those days, the fish were much bigger. And, <laughs> and, and the, lo- the loaves of bread... Loaves of bread were really quite large. <laughs> they forgot that it was a boy's lunch. <laughs> anyway, these guys knew, man, this is the power of God, supernatural provision here. And so anyway, they come away from this. And I want to pick up here in verse 45, Mark 6, 45. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening had come, the boat was in the middle of the sea. He was alone on the land. When he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. Get the, get the picture here now. They're straining for their life, and Jesus would have passed them up. Just walking along, huge waves, 
coming into the boat. They're freaking out. And Jesus would have walked right past them. Someone said, why would you get in a boat that's sinking? But <laughs> Jack told me that. <laughs> but he would have walked right past them. Say, how would the Lord really do that? That's what it said. He would have passed them by. Someone said, I've been struggling with sickness and disease. I've been financially broke or I've been in mental despair and my relationships are thrashed. And and would the Lord walk past me? And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. A ghost? Really? You think it's a ghost? I don't know about you. That seems odd to me. That's not going to be my first thought. It's a ghost. <laughs> they didn't have movies back then. People nowadays might have all kinds of, you know, I'm seeing dead people or something. <laughs> have all kinds of things put into their mind. I thought it was a ghost. For they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and, and said to them, Be of good cheer, as I do not be afraid. Then he w- went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were, watch this, greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. They were, why were they so greatly amazed? I mean, think about it now. Jesus just multiplied the loaves and the fish. An amazing miracle. And it wasn't the only one. They were having stuff happen regularly through the ministry of Jesus. Outstanding things. They just got done with this. And as soon as they get in the boat, it's like, it's a ghost. Ah, what are we going to do? It's Jesus. He's walking on the water. Wow. It blew them away. They were surprised and shocked at that. And here's the deal. Before you say, I would be too. They shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have been. Someone said, is that really being fair though? I mean, they've never seen someone walk on the water. They're rightfully surprised and shocked and amazed. And and, and I would be shocked and amazed too. If that's the case, you have the same heart that they did. Which says, verse 52, starts with four. What does four mean? means they were amazed and beyond, you know, amazed in themselves, marveled. Four, because they had not understood about the loaves. They had not understood about the loaves. Or another translation said they hadn't considered the loaves. They saw Jesus walking on the water and, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe it. Wow, look at that. Because they didn't understand the loaves. They didn't consider the loaves because their heart was hardened. Why were they so shocked at the miraculous display of God's power right before them? Because they had a hard heart. They should not have been shocked according to this. They should not have been amazed. They should have went they should have been thinking, "Oh, it's Jesus. Good." You know, he multiplied the fish, the loaves, did the miracles, and now he's walking on the water. That's just the way things are. We have the miraculous happen around here. 
And some of you might be thinking, well, that's kind of a stretch. This is what it says. And if we hear about the miraculous, or hear about someone being healed, or hear about some miraculous thing happening, we are not supposed to be shocked. We are not supposed to be, did you hear? They had cancer. They were terminal, and they're alive. They're healed. Or some kind of miracle, we ought to be, oh, yeah, praise God. We give him all. We're excited. We're thankful to the Lord, but not surprised. Jesus only marveled when there was unbelief. But he wasn't like, wow, did you see that? (laughs) This really works. If we think that way, we have a hard heart. Amen. Look at Mark, look at, uh, let's see, Mark chapter 8. They were not supposed to be greatly amazed. If you're surprised to see any supernatural manifestation of God, you have a hard heart. Can I tell you the way things ought to be? Thanks. If we were, if you pray for something or lay hands on someone for a healing, something in this realm, and nothing happened, you ought to be so surprised. You ought to be, oh, did you hear what happened? I can't believe it. Wow. What? What happened? I prayed and nothing happened. I, I I'm just blown away. But rather, the opposite is, is true. So often... If you get something to happen, it's the exception rather than the rule. If you can get a healing to happen or a provision, some kind of answered prayer, it's the exception. And people go all up in arms. Did you hear about it? Woo, I can't believe it. We're called believers. We're supposed to believe it. But the reason we don't, and it's so surprising and so shocking and so rare, is because of the condition of the heart. That's exactly what the Lord Jesus is teaching here. They had hard hearts, and it kept them from understanding and perceiving these things. Mark chapter 8, now in this chapter we won't read through all this either, but Jesus fed the 4,000. Now we're only two chapters away, aren't we? This is not a whole, whole lot of time either. He fed the 5,000, now 4,000, that's even easier, don't you think? If you can feed five, I mean four is a piece of cake. And they had even more food to deal with, to start with. So it's like, man, this is a piece of cake. You should be able to go up. If I can do five, I think I can believe for six, huh? But now they're going down to four. Easy miracle. And, and what's amazing about this is Jesus starts asking them and talking to them about the, uh, the multitude, how he doesn't want to send them away. And their answer to that, if you look over in verse 4, the disciples answered and said, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? <laughs> Weren't you at the last meeting? Are you really supposed to be asking that? We just did it. We just had the story about your hard heart in the boat. And, uh, and now you're going, what in the world are we going to do? I don't know how this is going to happen. And this shows how, how this process really works. God has moved in some of our lives at times. And the miraculous provision, a great healing or some kind of provision of God comes. And we say, I've heard people say, you know what? Man, that was so amazing. I'm never going to doubt God again. And then the very next day, <laughs> or real soon, another test or trial comes up and is, <clears throat> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How can we feed all these people? And that's the condition. That's what the hard heart produces. 
People don't remember what God's capable of and what he'll do for them. And they immediately go back to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how this is going to work out. Let's look down in verse 17. Uh, Well, verse 13. Verse 13, he, and he left them, getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. So he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we don't have any bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet, what? Perceive nor understand. Is your heart still hardened? What does the hard heart do? Keeps us from perceiving and understanding. And Jesus was talking. They're going, What is he talking about? Is it all about the bread? They really didn't see it. They didn't understand it. The hard heart keeps us. Say, I don't understand what you're talking about, Pastor. (laughs) What does that reveal? It reveals a hard heart. Hmm. That's why in any given time we get together, different things are happening with different people. Depending on the softness of a person's heart, to receive and if it's hard I could be speaking the most or someone else speaking the most powerful message they've ever given and boing it's bouncing off and that ends up in that's why we don't have success and victory in God's provision on a continual ongoing basis we might be able to with the help of another person grab some rescue at times but it's not going to be flowing because we don't own it If I don't see it, if I don't know it's there, I can't take ownership of it. Okay? Is your heart still hard? He said, having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? Do you not, look at that, remember? And he went on talking about about the loaves. Do you not remember? I guess they didn't. I bet they probably stood around and go, well, yeah, I do remember that. But how many know just remembering it up here is different? When I'm immediately looking to natural answers to all my questions and problems, I'm not remembering. I don't know what the Lord has already done. And it shows the condition of my heart is hardened. Praise God. I mean, not praise God. (laughs) I was a filler. Sorry. (laughs) But if I don't have a good memory. Someone said, I just have difficult time... Uh, remembering what the Lord says to me. I have a difficult time remembering when I walk out of a church service what the, ser- what the sermon was even about. Well, that's, per- that's because of a hard heart. You know, like the person who said, I, I have a difficult time remembering scriptures. Some people just rattle them off. They can quote them, and I have a difficult time quoting scriptures. Uh, well, you have a hard heart. That's the reason for that. Okay, I would venture to say you remember some other things. Some people can remember all about automobile engines and how everything works and how everything goes and the numbers that are involved and, 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 and all kinds of things. And, they, and I don't remember that, you know. Some people watch 
uh, sports a lot. I like to watch sports, and you could tell every average of your favorite team right now, every batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging percentage, and and, uh, how many home runs the leader is in the leaderboard, and all this stuff. And you remember, you remember who won the last 15 Super Bowls, and uh, you remember that. It's not like your mind's not working. What's the deal? Well, your heart is soft towards that. But your heart is hard towards the Word of God. You say, well, this is not very comforting, Pastor. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, here's the deal. It doesn't mean a person is a bad person. It doesn't mean they don't love God. You, we can all have our hearts softened in some areas and hardened in other areas. All right? And when we're talking about this, what, what is it? We're really referring to a person who's, um, who relates more to the natural world than they do the spiritual world. And if I relate completely to natural things, I'm going to be open and soft, and I'll, I'll be able to remember natural things. But if I don't relate well uh, to the spiritual realm or the supernatural realm, those things will be foreign to me. And when they happen, they just kind of go in one ear and out the other. Uh, they're not something I remember, not something I look toward. When I see something outstanding, I'm surprised at it. When I don't, I think it's normal. People have become comfortable in, in Christianity today and being in church, and nothing supernatural happens, and they're okay with it? Wow. You don't get that picture from the Bible. You don't get that from the ministry of Jesus or the, or the book of Acts. I, I don't think we're supposed to be satisfied with just a few good words and a couple howdy-do's and see you later. Huh? We are supposed to be living in the miraculous provision and power of God, and if it's not happening, something's missing. It's not something right. Something's wrong with that. But we've become satisfied to the point where we're surprised if anything outstanding happens. Let's be surprised if we don't see God kiss earth. Amen. So he said, don't you remember? We ought to be remembering. And what's important to us, what we give ourselves to, we will remember. What our heart is tender towards and receptive and sensitive to. Praise God. You know, one of the things, we've got to start finishing up here. One of the big examples of a hardened heart in the Bible, besides these disciples in this situation, it was if you go back to Exodus and you read about Pharaoh. Remember Pharaoh? And many of you know the story how Israel was held captive there and was slaves for 400 years until God sent Moses to be a, a deliverer to them. And you know about the ten plagues that came in judgment. And, uh, and God delivered them mightily. But that whole story, you read over and over and over and over again about Pharaoh having a hard heart. How he was hardened over and over and over again. And you can see what he did in that. He, in fact, let me get, before I say that, Let me give you the definitions. Hardened, from the Greek, uh, it's a word from the word poros. It means to render stupid or callous. Stupid. That's why I I used that earlier. A hard-hearted person is a stupid person. Another phrase that's translated from a longer word uh, called, it's translated hardness of heart, Actually, the strong says destitute of spiritual perception. And so a person with a hard heart, they're just not perceiving things in, in reality. And because of that, they make crazy decisions. And maybe you've been there before where you could look back and say, Lord, I was so dumb. 
Why did I do that? That was so dumb of me. We've all been there. And what? why did we do it? We had a hard heart. And we weren't able to clearly see what to do. And I'm convinced of this. As we get a hold of these truths, and I, I realize we're not getting into all of it today, and I'm going to leave you with questions and, and in despair until next week. But... <laughs> But the Lord is on your side. He'll be with you all the way. And he'll give you my message next week, probably beforehand, if you really pay attention. <laughs> but uh, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what? Well, I hadn't gotten to Pharaoh yet. Yeah. Here. We can get to the place where our conversation with the Lord is two-way. And many of us know that in principle. Few of us walk that. Are you listening? I prophesied that in the first service, actually. That's why I'm saying it now. And the Lord said that. We're walking with Him. We'll talk to Him. He'll talk to us. And then it'll be that easy. And it's because, not because He hasn't been wanting to do this, not because He hasn't been wanting to, to, to minister to us and, and, and walk with, this, with us this way. There's just something He just can't get through. He's trying, throwing stuff our way, and it's bouncing off. It's not intentional on our part either, though. It's not like we have a bad mode and we're thinking, I just want to harden my heart towards the Lord. No. But it's become that through certain circumstances and events that have taken place and a lack of correcting it. Our hearts have become that, but it can change. Praise God. Anyway, let me get back to Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh, again, you know... uh, the plagues would come, different plagues. I mean, it was ravaging their country. It was making a mess of things. Here he's the top dog in the land and, uh, and, and making this. And you wonder, how in the world can you be so dumb? Serious. Because things would happen and he would harden his heart and stiffen against it while his people suffer. While they suffer all the ravage of all these, of all these plagues. And uh, at times, he, Moses would come before him and he'd say, man, you're right. Man, I shouldn't be doing this. You guys can go. Then he changed his mind. He spuck up against it and, and made crazy decisions. One time with the frogs, he made that choice. Remember that? Uh, he, he was tired of the frogs, and he finally admitted, yeah, this is God. I need to let you guys go. I'm doing wrong here. Moses said, well, when do you want the frogs to leave? Remember what he said? He said, Tomorrow? Tomorrow? You want to sleep with them for another night? I mean, these frogs were everywhere. Why in the world would you say that? That is just dumb with a capital D. But yet, that's the way he was thinking. He was blind. He couldn't perceive reality. And and because of that, he was just not making wise choices. Even when he finally let them go, you know, Israel went went out, and they came up against the Red Sea, and uh, Pharaoh changed his mind again. His heart was hardened. All of a sudden, he goes after him. Let's get him back here. Can you say ten plagues? Can you say the firstborn is dead all across your country? You want some more of this? You know, hey, you want a piece of me? <laughs> you know, and uh, they're going. He's going after it some more. And then what happened there? Of course, the miracle is happening again before him. God takes the wheels off the chariots. And there, that's kind of difficult. And, uh, and they come up against the Red Sea. It parts. The miraculous happened. And there's a pillar of fire there. And someone on Pharaoh's side finally says, I think God's fighting against us. 
Well, it's good to have wise counsel if you're not seeing it yourself. <laughs> you want to say, though, you think? <laughs> There's a pillar of fire there, and it's lighting up the way for the Israelites and, and casting darkness on, on, on the Egyptian army. And so they go through, you know, they follow them again, and water covers them up. They, all, they lose their army and all this stuff. Why, did, why were all those decisions made? Because of a hard heart. A hard heart. And here we are wanting to have the eyes of our understanding opened. This is how we do it. We're going to change the condition of our hearts. Yeah. And it's going to, it's going to make a huge difference. It's going to change everything. We're going to start seeing things we never saw before. Oh, it'll be so exciting. People will wonder, where did you get all this wisdom? Man, I just see it now. Man, how, how, how did you know that? I don't know. Just God's just showing me stuff. Yeah. I used to pray and get nothing. Now I pray and I get stuff. Yeah. It's like all the time. Yeah. I read and it's like, woo, I never saw that before. Yeah. And I'm walking with Him. And it's a relationship. Yeah. Not just something I know is supposed yeah. to be there. It really is there. Yeah. Not just something I say, I'm not religious, I have a relationship. It really is a relationship where you talk to Him and walk with Him and you're called His friend. And Jesus said, I show things to my friends. Yeah. Come on now. This is the way things are supposed to be. And we're going up and we'll pick it up there next time. Praise God. Father, thank you. Thank you so much today. Thank you for being with us. For being in us. For being for us. And Lord, we do listen to you. And Lord, we ask you that you would open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. Lord, help us to understand what you're doing, what you're saying, and to have strong memory of everything that you say and do. It's that important to us. We desire, Lord, to walk in the very fullness of all that you're doing in the earth today, all that you've made available to every person. Lord, may it be operative in our lives. And we know this happens through us having a greater understanding and ability to perceive with the mind who you are and what you've done and everything that you've given us. Thank you for helping us today, Lord. Thank you for showing us the way and leading us in a way that we should go. You're doing a great and mighty thing. Oh, we bless you today. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your strength. Praise God. Father, for those who are discouraged today, they're discouraged in their lives, discouraged about the way things are going, about their careers, about their, their future. I pray that you'd show them your joy today. Lord, show them hope for tomorrow. Things can turn around. As they look to you, you're the, you, you'll, you'll deliver them from their trouble. Lord, give them hope for a brighter future and tomorrow. We're not going down, Lord, but we are going up. We believe that you are revealing everything necessary to us so that we can walk in the light. And we can walk in your perfect will and plan. Thank you, Lord, for doing great things. Thank you for doing great things. Praise God.
Praise God. Amen. Now I'm just perceiving this in my spirit here this morning. That there's, it's just an issue of weakness that people are experiencing. Maybe a, it may have a spiritual root. I don't know what, the, what, what it is. There's a, there's a number of people who are just feeling, man, I just don't have the strength to carry on. I just don't have the strength. This sounds all good, and I'm, you know, I like it when I hear it. I just feel like I've given my last effort and my last shot. I don't have the strength to give it another go. I want you to open your heart to the Lord right now. Open your mind to the possibility that you do. And as you do, the Lord will fill you with His strength. Wait on Him for a moment now. Wait on Him. If I'm talking to you, you acknowledge that to Him. Say, Lord, you're talking to me. Acknowledge when He says something to you. Now, Father, I pray for those. And in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would supernaturally now empower them. Strengthen and give them courage to continue on and to move forward in strength and the ability that only comes from you. They can make it. They can do it by your strength. Lord, fill them up now, I pray, with, 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 your, with your spirit. Strengthen them with might by your spirit in the inner man to allow them to do what you've called them to do. I thank you for touching their lives in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those today who've never been saved, those who come to church this morning that have never been born again. If they were to die today.